0: Welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 20. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So this week, I've been playing Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring Legend of Zelda, and Destiny 2's Season of Opulence. So I'll also go over my E3 predictions to see what I got right and what I got wrong. All that, plus news, charts, and what's coming up next week. So it's a jam-packed show. Let's get into it. Welcome to the show everyone. I hope you're well and you're having a good week. I'm good this week having visited friends in Stockholm this past week. Uh, It was a great trip albeit a little short and uh, yeah Stockholm is an absolutely beautiful city so shout out to all listeners in Sweden. I went to this amazing sushi restaurant called Sushi Show where we had a few chefs preparing a meal in front of us and it was definitely one of the best sushi experiences I've had in my life. So if you find yourself in Stockholm, definitely go to Sushi Show and uh, yeah, do try that place out. Otherwise, uh, we spent our time hanging out on boats, going from island to island, uh, walking around the city in the parks. It was super, super nice. So yeah, if you've never been to Stockholm, I definitely recommend it. Outside of gaming this week, I've been enjoying billions uh, as the latest season comes to a close. Uh, I've also been hearing a lot about Chernobyl, which is available on HBO and Sky Atlantic here in the UK. Now I haven't seen that one yet, but I keep hearing it's kind of the best thing on TV for some time, so I'm gonna check that one out this week. Also, me and a few friends have started up a new Game of Thrones board game online, which is available through Thronemaster.net. And you've probably heard me talk about this a few episodes ago on the podcast. So we've started a new game, and this time I'm Baratheon. And to mix things up, we're experimenting with random start positions, although I seem to have started in the same position as always with Baratheon. <laughs> And we haven't got too far into the game yet, but I will keep you up to date as the weeks go by. Uh, the last game took us 60 days, so I'm sure over the next few episodes of the podcast, there's going to be enough action to keep you all updated on. Right, so that's it for non-gaming related stuff. Let's get into what I've been playing this week. So during Nintendo's E3 Nintendo Direct, they announced the release date of Cadence of Hyrule. So I picked it up this week and got into the rhythm of that game. I've also been getting back into Destiny 2 and started up the Season of Opulence. The new six-person activity, The Menagerie, is one of the most fun game modes outside of raiding in Destiny 2 right now. So if you've got the chance to pick it up, the annual pass is heavily discounted at the moment, then I'd definitely recommend it. We've got Shadowkeep coming up in September, as we discussed last week on the podcast, so this latest season of content really feels like a celebration of Destiny leading into the new content cycle. But first up, let's get into my review of Cadence of Hyrule. Yes! Yes! Heed my call, Monsters of Hyrule! Is this truly the best that Hyrule's champions can do? From it Octavo, you're not the only one with the power of rhythm. Hmm, perhaps, but with my beautiful creations, no one can stop me, no one can strike me down. (laughs) No one, no one? Don't make us laugh! From the very first moment when you boot up Cadence of Hyrule and you hear that familiar Zelda music, you know this is going to be a great experience. Cadence of Hyrule is unlike most games you play, it mixes rhythm elements with a roguelike action RPG. And they may not sound like they've mixed together very well, however the end result is a delightful yet different experience. Cadence of Hyrule is from Brace Yourself Games, who previously released the first Crypt of the Necrodancer game back in 2015. This latest instalment was announced earlier in the year and came as somewhat of a surprise in that Nintendo don't often lend out their main characters for indie companies to play with. Here though, the world of Crypt of the Necrodancer and The Legend of Zelda have been blended very well indeed taking the best elements from the rhythm game and mixing them into Hyrule. Starting up the game, we're introduced to Cadence. She's been dropped into Hyrule and players are introduced to the basics. As you explore areas of the map where enemies are, you have to move in time with the music to attack. So rather than pressing buttons to use items, like in other Legends of Zelda games, moving towards enemies and objects automatically triggers the items. For example, move into an enemy and you'll attack with a sword, and you move into a mound of earth, and you'll use your spade to dig the ground. Moving in time with the beat is crucial to attacking and avoiding enemies. In terms of the story of the game, the evil Octavo has imprisoned the princess's father in the castle, and you have to explore Hyrule and defeat four champions to break the seal and save the kingdom. In some sense, it's a traditional top-down Zelda game where you explore zones... Collect items to feel more powerful and level up Link and Zelda through the items you collect from defeating bosses and dungeons. But there's just enough here to mix it up and feel fresh. Once the tutorial zone is over with Cadence, you get the choice to play with either Link or Zelda by choosing between the two portals. But don't worry too much about your choice here, because later in the game you'll be able to unlock all the characters. Each of the characters has different abilities where Zelda can cast spells and Link starts out with a shield. Much like other Zelda games, you explore the world, pick up familiar items, for example there's an ice rod, uh, bombs or hookshot, and you add those to your armoury. Each screen acts as a mini-puzzle as different types of enemies had different movement and attack patterns. At first, the movement feels a little bit strange and the game feels challenging, but getting used to moving to the beat and timing, your attacks come fairly quickly. At first, the movement feels a little bit strange and the game feels challenging, but as you play, you get used to moving to the beat and the timing. After a couple of hours of play, you'll be hopping, dodging, swinging your sword to the beat to the fantastic remix music in the game. Chaining together attacks and avoiding being hit by enemies means you'll be able to pick up a buff, and defeating enemies will start to become much easier. The beat is indicated on the main screen with the rhythm bars moving into a Triforce at the bottom of the screen. So you hop, attack and dodge in time to the beat and you'll be just fine. As you explore the world you'll come across Sheikah stones. So make sure you interact with these as they'll act as respawn points for you. It's likely when you first start in the game you'll die on a regular basis. So picking up these checkpoints is really useful to make sure you don't lose too much progress. Cadence of Hyrule does make sure it's not too punishing by giving you hints on where to go and later in the game you unlock the ability to fast travel from place to place. Throughout the world you'll find diamonds and you'll want to pick these up as when you die you can trade these for equipment you lost upon death. Much like Breath of the Wild, weapons and items have durability so these will break if you hold onto them for too long. You can find items all throughout the world by killing enemies, opening chests and cutting down bushes. When you die you'll lose rupees and lower tier items however some of the more significant items stay with you, for example items you've collected in dungeons. When you first start Cadence of Hyrule the game seems tough. You'll die, lose items, and the rhythm part of the game may throw you off. However, stick with it because as you progress, all these mechanics become second nature and the game has a satisfying loop, as well as some of the best music in video games in recent years. The music is definitely one of the game's strengths, and as you explore, you'll be reminded of the classic Legend of Zelda tracks from years gone by. The graphics in the game are also great. The view is similar to that of Link to the Past or Link's Awakening, and the graphics are a huge improvement over the previous installment of Crypt of the Necrodancer which at the time of recording is 80% off in the Nintendo eShop. The graphics are bright, colourful and really pop out of the handheld screen. And the game looks really good on docked mode as well. There's a variety to the game environments from grassy, wooded, desert and snow filled areas. There's a huge amount of replayability to the game too as you can tweak and change modes. You can turn off moving to the beat, And the fixed beat mode opens up new challenges as the enemies only move when you do. The game also tracks your stats and time, which will allow advanced players and speedrunners to have a lot of fun with this one. There's also a neat co-op mode, which is really, really good. And if you really want to take that challenge to the next level, there's a permadeath mode where you'll be taken back to the very start of the game if you die, which is certainly not a mode for the faint of heart. So in summary, Cadence of Hyrule is a delightful Zelda game that mixes unique gameplay, excellent graphics and a top tier soundtrack. The game was a surprise announcement during a Nintendo Direct this year and the game has lived up to expectations. In the past Nintendo has been really careful about what third party developers do with their main IP, however the risk they took with Brace Yourself Games has been a successful one. And If you like Zelda games but you're not quite sure what Crypt of the Necrodancer is then I recommend them picking this one up and giving it a try. It's a worthy addition to any Nintendo fan's collection on Nintendo Switch. So as we mentioned before, the game is from Brace Yourself Games. Uh, It's out on Nintendo Switch and it was originally released on the 13th of June 2019. And overall, we gave the game a final score of 88 out of 100. So that's it for Cadence of Hyrule. Really, really, really fun game. And uh, yeah, I recommend going out there and picking that one up. But next up, let's get back into some Destiny 2. A new mystery awaits you, Guardian. Welcome to the Season of Opulence. What will you find in the Emperor's Lost Vaults? Treasure hunts will lead you to powerful weapons and armor. These will quickly boost your power level and prepare you for the menagerie. This season's all-new six-player match-made activity. Grow strong, Guardian. Prove your worth. So Bungie recently released Season 7 of Destiny 2, the Season of Opulence. And as with other new seasons of Destiny 2, there's new weapons, armor, there's a new raid and activities to enjoy. So this season introduces a new six-person activity called the Menagerie, where you run raid-like activities to get the best loot in the game. So, as the name suggests, the Season of Opulence, we're headed back to Calus's Leviathan, and the theme for this season is Cabal once again, as the last season focused on the Drifter, and Season 5 focused on the Black Armoury. Season 7 is the last season of Destiny 2 Forsaken content before we move into Destiny 2 Shadowkeep in September. So we had an update from Bungie in terms of the roadmap for the Season of Opulence, and on June 4th we had the Menagerie and introduced the Crown of Sorrow Raid. On June the 11th we had a new Menagerie boss and the Truth came out so that's a rocket launcher from D1. On June the 18th we got another new Menagerie boss and the Iron Banner quest. On June the 25th we got the Menagerie Heroic mode and then on July the 2nd we got the Lumina quest which is another new hand cannon. On July the 9th we got the Tribute Hall and the Moments of Triumph and then on July the 30th we got the Solstice of Heroes. So the new season contains pinnacle weapons, quests, a new raid, and but the big focus is on the menagerie. So as I mentioned before, it's a new six-person match-made activity where you run through a series of objectives, hordes of enemies and boss encounters in random order. So once you've gone through the activities and build up enough power, you and your team face off against the final boss. And Bungie plans to introduce new bosses as the weeks go by. And you can check out ThisWeekInVideoGames.com for guides on how to complete the invitation quest, power up the chalice, and also farm the menagerie. So I jumped in this week, um, not having played Destiny 2 for a few weeks, and I must say, Destiny 2 Season of Opulence is super, super fun. So once you jump into the game, you have to do a quest called the Invitation, and that will get you into the menagerie. Um, And if you're worried about being left behind, you can get a set of 690 gear to get you leveled up and ready for the new season of content. And you can either keep that gear or use that as infusion fuel um, to get into the menagerie. So if you're not really sure where to begin with the Menagerie, I've put together a guide for the Invitation Quest, which starts up the Season of Opulence, which will walk you through step by step. That's on This Week in Video Games' YouTube channel, and I'll link that down below. So one really important thing about the new season is the Chalice of Opulence, as it's used in partnership with the Menagerie to help you pick and choose loot you can earn from that activity. So the first thing to do is you've got to get runes, uh, which you'll slot into your chalice to help you pick that loot. So to get the most out of the chalice and the menagerie, you'll collect runes throughout the world. So runes can be found in the world in the following ways. You can complete weekly bounties from Werner or Benedict, open up chests on the barge or Nessus. Um, You can pick up a buff from Werner called the Rune Finder, which will reward extra runes as you do daily and weekly activities such as Gambit, Strikes, Crucible and Dreaming City objectives. Once you've got these runes, you can slot them into the chalice before you go in the menagerie. And at the end... This will help you pick and choose what uh, loot you'll get from the chest. You'll want to upgrade your Chalice of Opulence if you want more powerful rewards, including armour and masterwork gear. Because when you start, only the top slot will be open, but as you play through the Menagerie and gather rewards, you'll earn a new currency called Imperials, and that will help you upgrade the Chalice. So there's a few places you can find Imperials. Again, weekly bounties from Werner earns you access to treasure chests, which will give you a small amount of Imperials. If you open up chests on the barge on Nessus, that'll earn you a few more. You can get consumables to get more Imperials, which you can buy from Werner and Benedict as well. Completing triumphs for the Menagerie is one of the fastest ways to earn Imperials, as you'll get 500 for each triumph. So you can check out the Triumphs tab and uh, check out the requirements there and head back into the Menagerie to earn more. And these triumphs range from beating bosses or completing encounters before the time runs out. Selected Werner Bounties also unlock Triumphs allowing you to get even more Imperials. And the best way to get the best loot is to upgrade the Chalice and you can do so in any order that you want. After the first run of the Menagerie you'll get a bunch of Imperials and you'll be guided through upgrading the Chalice by Werner. After the first run you'll have enough for one upgrade and the best place to start is with Power and Efficiency 1. This is at the bottom right hand corner of the screen of the Chalice of Opulence. And once you upgrade this and open a chest on the Barge on Nessus, you'll be free to roam and upgrade the rest of the Chalice. So I recommend then saving up 3,000 Imperials and going for Power and Efficiency 2 as that will give you more than one powerful reward per week. This unlocks the chance for weekly and daily playlist activities to drop Imperials as well. And once you've opened up Power and Efficiency 2, you can then purchase a buff from Werner and Benedict called the Wealth of the Emperor. And this buff increases the chance for Imperials to drop in the playlist activities or throughout the Menagerie. So overall I've only been playing uh, Season of Opulence for about a week or so but I'm really really enjoying my time with it so far. The Menagerie is one of the most fun activities I've played in Destiny 2 for some time and it combines the raid mechanics of boss encounters, the hordes of enemies, jumping puzzles... Uh, running around the area it's really really good fun so if if you've fallen off destiny 2 and uh, you're thinking about getting back into shadowkeep in september then i definitely recommend picking up season of opulence and uh, jumping into the menagerie because it's a whole lot of fun right so that's it for what i've been playing this week next up let's go into my e3 predictions review First up, I said Microsoft would unveil Project X Cloud and reveal the date and also pricing. We got a rough date of October uh, to start with, but we didn't get pricing yet. So we've got about a 50-50 on that one. Next up, I said Xbox would unveil Project Scarlet and we'd have two consoles, tech specs, a release window and pricing. And we didn't get two consoles. We just got... A, uh, we got a trailer for the new console, which is coming next year. It did go into tech specs, but we didn't get pricing. So, again, kind of 50 50 on that one. Next up, it said Xbox Game Pass would be coming to PC, but not Nintendo Switch. So, that was a pretty good prediction as they announced during the press conference it was going to be available there and then, but it hasn't yet come to Nintendo Switch. Next up, it talked about Halo Infinite getting a release date, gameplay, and it'd be a launch title for the new Xbox. So pretty good there. We got the release date or the release window. We didn't get gameplay, but it is going to be a launch title for the new Xbox. But that was probably a fairly safe prediction. Next up, I said Ninja Theory's new IP would be revealed and Bleeding Edge was certainly part of the Xbox showcase. So that was a good one. Next up, Final Fantasy 7 remake. I said we'd get a release date, gameplay and details of episodes. So not bad on that one, we did get a release date of March of next year. Uh, There was some gameplay shown and people got hands on at the event, but we didn't get any details about the episodes just yet. We know episode 1 is going to be focused on Midgar, but we don't know any details about the subsequent episodes. Next up, Cyberpunk 2077, and I said release date, gameplay, playable demo, and a launch title for the new Xbox and PlayStation. So as we know we did get a release date and it's going to be April of 2020 so it's not going to be a launch title for the new Xbox or PlayStation. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this looks on the current gen consoles. We didn't get a playable demo but we did get some gameplay so not too bad a prediction there. Next up Doom Eternal I said we get a release date gameplay and a playable demo. I think we got all three of those so not bad prediction there. Uh, Next up was the Avengers game, where I said we'd get a gameplay reveal, and uh, we certainly did, um, although the reaction to the game uh, has been a little bit muted, with many people a little bit kind of disappointed in that game. Next up was a little bit wider the mark. It was Metroid Prime, and I predicted Metroid Prime Trilogy would be on Nintendo Switch in 2020, but Metroid Prime was actually lacking from Nintendo Direct completely, though I guess they have to hold back a few cards uh, for next year's E3. Next up was another one a bit wider the Mark with Assassin's Creed Ragnarok. I said we get a trailer, gameplay and a release date. Ubisoft didn't mention anything about the new Assassin's Creed Ragnarok so I guess we'll have to wait until next year for that one. Next up I said new Splinter Cell and we get a trailer. Uh, so Splinter Cell was lacking from the whole of E3 and I guess we're going to have to wait another year to uh, see if a new Splinter Cell is coming out. Next up I said Animal Crossing we getting a new trailer. Uh, But we got a whole lot more of that as Nintendo dived into gameplay on their Treehouse Live uh, after they announced Animal Crossing was coming to Nintendo Switch in 2020. Next up was The Legend of Zelda, where I said Link's Awakening would get a new release date and we get a new Zelda teaser trailer. Now, this one was a wild prediction and I didn't really think it was going to happen. But we definitely got Link's Awakening uh, release date, which is coming out in September And uh, we did get a brand new Breath of the Wild Star Legend of Zelda mainline game. Um, We got the teaser trailer and that's coming out sometime in the future. So wild prediction that one. But yeah, certainly glad I got that one right. Next up, I predicted a new Donkey Kong game where we'd get a trailer. But sadly, Donkey Kong was lacking from Nintendo Direct. Next up, I predicted Dragon Age 4. We get a trailer. Unfortunately, Dragon Age 4 wasn't mentioned anywhere throughout E3. So I guess we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for that one next up we're talking about bethesda and i predicted a fallout 76 overhaul uh, starfield trailer but no gameplay now this was a bit of a silly prediction because they said before the event that starfield wasn't going to be there but fallout 76 did get somewhat of an overhaul uh, with human npcs uh, there's a battle royale mode as well and uh, it seems like the community is coming back to fallout 76 so that seems to be doing very well indeed and finally, Last of Us Part 2. I predicted a playable demo, gameplay, and a release date. And unfortunately, The Last of Us Part 2 wasn't really at E3 this year, and it looks like that's slipped back to 2020. Maybe we're going to find out more in the coming months. So, all in all, not too bad there. A few predictions correct, uh, a few wider the mark, but uh, overall, really, really enjoyed E3. It was great fun to do the predictions uh, before the event and uh, all throughout the couple of weeks of E3 uh, with the pre-event with Google Stadia and uh, Bungie announcing all of their announcements and um, Pokemon Sword and Shield announced by Nintendo they're going into E3 with uh, EA, Nintendo, Xbox, Bethesda, Ubisoft and Square it was a really, really fun couple of weeks and uh, I guess now it's time to get back to normal Uh, but yeah, super, super fun and I hope you enjoyed it too So if you're enjoying This Week in Video Games podcast then head on over to iTunes and leave it a nice review. It really helps get the word out about the podcast so if you have access to iTunes then I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review. Don't forget This Week in Video Games has a YouTube channel which goes alongside the podcast and the YouTube channel has the entire archive of the podcast as well as dedicated reviews, interviews, features and how-to videos. Search This Week in Video Games on YouTube and subscribe today for all the latest content. And if you want to see anything specific on YouTube, send me an email to podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com. It'd be great to hear from you. And if you want to support This Week in Video Games, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash this video games. And in exchange for supporting the show, you get shout outs, Discord access, exclusive Patreon content polls, special design podcast scripts, and stickers. If you enjoy This Week in Video Games content, then sign up to Patreon. It would be fantastic to see you there. Next up, Let's take a look at the week's news. So first up in the news this week, Valve's auto chest Dota Underlords has been released. Um, So Valve described Dota Underlords as a new standalone game that pits you against seven opponents in a battle of wits that will have you building, combining and leveling up a crew in battle of dominance of the city of White Spire. In this game, victory is determined not by twitch reflexes, but by superior tactics. So Valve did recently say that they were interested in making their own version of the popular genre, and auto chess has taken off in popularity recently, so it makes total sense for Valve to be getting into the game early, while it's a hot commodity. Dota Auto Chess isn't like chess or Dota. It's fast, strategic, and focuses on automated battles between heroes from a shared pool and the goal is to create combos between selected heroes while avoiding counters. So you can find out more about Dota Underlords via their blog if you go to thisweekinvideogames.com and search Valve Auto Chess, and then you'll find that article there. Next up, Link's Awakening Amiibo has been announced, and Nintendo showed off new gameplay for Link's Awakening Remake coming to Nintendo Switch this September. Nintendo also showed off an awesome new Link's Awakening Amiibo to coincide with the game's release. The Amiibo itself is really cute, and the newest interpretation of Link standing there with his sword in his shield. There's no confirmation just yet what functionality Link's Awakening Amiibo will have but I'd imagine we're going to know more in the coming months. And the new Link's Awakening Amiibo is set to launch on the same day as the game on the 20th of September 2019. Next up, the Konami mini-console is coming soon and Konami announced they're going to be bringing their own version of a mini-console to the market following the trend set by Nintendo, Sony and Sega. Konami's revealed they're going to bring the Konami mini console to Europe, Japan and the US. The mini console comes in three flavours to three different markets. We've got the TurboGrafx-16 Mini for the US, the PC Engine Mini for Japan, and the PC Engine Core Graphics Mini for Europe and the UK. So far we've only had a few games announced. We've got Alien Crush, Dungeon Explorer, Ninja Spirit, New Island Adventure, R-Type and Wise Book 1 and 2. So you can check out the announcement video on uh, thisweekinvideogames.com. If you go to the website and search Konami mini console, you'll find that article and the video there. So there's no details yet on pricing or when the consoles are coming, but it's really, really good to see this new entry into the mini consoles market. So that's it for the news this week. Next up, let's take a look at the charts. So in the all-platform charts this week, at number 10, it's a new entry, PlayStation VR Worlds. Then at number 9, we've got Mortal Kombat 11, which is up one place from number 10. At number 8, we've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is down one place from 7. And at number 7, we've got Team Sonic Racing, which is down four places from number 3. At number 6, we've got Grand Theft Auto 5, that's up two places from number 8. At number 5, we've got Blood and Truth, which is down four places from number 1. At number four, we've got Red Dead Redemption 2, which is up one from five last week. And number three, we've got Marvel Spider-Man, which is up a huge 12 places from number 15 last week. Number two, we've got Days Gone, up uh, two places from number four last week. And then at number one, it's FIFA 19, which is up one place from two last week. So that's it for the charts this week. Let's take a look at what's coming up next week. so next week we've got quite a few games coming out and on june the 18th there's another site which is coming out on pc ps4 and xbox one we've got bloodstained ritual of the night that's coming out on pc ps4 and xbox one again Uh, citizens of space uh, is pc ps4 xbox one and switch lovely planet 2 that's coming out on pc mini mech mayhem that's psvr and finally, on June the 18th, we've got Vacation Simulator that's on PSVR. Vacation Simulator, brilliant. Uh, then on June the 20th, we've got a few more games. We've got Boxing Champs that's coming out on Switch. We've got Muse Dash that's coming out on PC and Switch. My Friend Pedro coming out on PC and Switch as well. And then Scrap Rush that's coming out on PC and Switch. And finally, Tech Corp that's coming out on PC. Then on June the 21st, we've got Captain Cat that's coming out on Switch crash team racing nitro fuel that's coming out on ps4 xbox one and switch judgment that's ps4 pre-order early access and the sims 4 iron living expansion that's coming out on pc and triton survival that's coming out on pc as well yeah so loads of new games there coming out next week and next week looks like it's an action-packed week so that's it for this week's episode. thank you very much for listening to this week in video games really really appreciate every listen that we get and if you want to get involved in the show, email us on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com, or you can check out the latest on the website all throughout the week. Send in your questions, your comments and your video game stories. I'm always interested in hearing from you. And I'm available on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram, so search This Week in Video Games on your favourite platform and join in that conversation. If you want to support This Week in Video Games, head on over to patreon.com forward slash this week in video games. In exchange for supporting the show, you get shout-outs, Discord access, exclusive content, special design podcast scripts and stickers. So if you enjoy This Week in Video Games content, sign up to Patreon. It will be wonderful to see you there. So thanks once again for hanging out with me and chatting about video games. I hope you've had a good week and I will talk to you next weekend. So for now, I'll see you soon.